Checkmate, honey. Beach you at your own damn game. I'm no dice, honey. I'm living on an astro plane. Welcome, everyone, to Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. And I had to think of a quote really, really fast because I didn't have one prepared. So I just went to draw the line because that, that's kind of my go-to song for quotes. My name is Corey Morissette. Joining me, as always this week, is the sexiest man in podcasting, always wearing his rainbow thong, ladies. It's too bad you're not on the Zoom call tonight. It's Scott Haskin. How you doing, Scott? I'm uh, I, I'm really excited to get into another Aerosmith song, and I want to take a second, Corey, if you don't mind, to just say thank you for all the work that you do on the show because you do all the production. Uh, I just sit here like a schlub and uh, do that work on the other shows. So thank you for all your hard work in making this happen. Well, you're welcome, and now I feel bad that I don't put in more work. Uh, it's really ridiculously easy. So <laughs> that's okay. Yep, I, I shouldn't have admitted that on the air. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> Joining us, as always, is one uh, the grumpy old troll who lives under the bridge, John Mariano. Uh, John, this is now your second show of the evening. It's probably about midnight in New York. Uh, you're probably in great spirits. Yeah, go fuck yourself. How are you, Corey? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Scott? Jolly good, John. Thank you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, do you know what we forgot to do last week? What? Do you remember last week at all? It was literally... Uh, 10 minutes ago since we well, recorded last week. but I know you forgot to tell the people where they could find you. I, I don't want people to find me ever because it Fair never enough. turns out well, but we did forget something. Uh, how many times has this song been played live? That's right. So last week, folks, we covered Hole in My Soul from Little Self of Sanity. And it was the live version, which means, yes, they did play it live. It's time to find out how many times did Aerosmith play it live. We're going to start with John before he can cheat and look up the answer. John, how many times do you think Aerosmith played Hole in My Soul? Well, it was on a little south Sanity, right? Yep. Um, I'm guessing that was no more than three concerts, so three. Three, okay. Scott Haskin, higher or lower than three? I'm, I'm going to say I think it was about 35 times before they realized that they should stop playing it because it was a hit, so I, I feel like they had to give it a go. Well, you're you're close. It's under 100, but not by much. 91 times. So, Scott Haskin, you are the winner this week of a brand new toaster oven, courtesy of our friends at The Price is Right. Well, I, I'm really excited about that. I was looking at uh, my junk mail today to make sure that there was nothing of value in there. And I realized that just this month alone, in the month of May, while we're recording this, I've won about 72 DeWalt tool sets. And, wow. uh, you know, three or four sets of uh, Rachel Ray cookware. So I'm, uh, you know, the, the place is filling up. That's awesome. I'm starting an eBay store. <laughs> well, it's better than your OnlyFans, which is still just stuck at one person, unfortunately. And, and, and that's John. Well, that was me because I had to test it and made sure it worked. <laughs> oh, so I yeah, John I, signed up yet? No, 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 I asked for a refund. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that that's not good. Don't admit that on the air. No, 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 no. I, I was I was told there would be 11 toes, and I only saw 10. Oh, that has to be. He has six nipples, though. That's true. I, You know, I it's it's a slow burn, that OnlyFans. <laughs> I'm not just going to give it to you. All right. Well, we're not going to talk about Scott's OnlyFans anymore, because that's depressing. Uh, we're going to talk about Aerosmith. And uh, last week, we covered Hole in My Soul, uh, live from Little South of Sanity. Um, you know, it was okay. Uh, I'm not a hater of the song. I don't think Scott was either, but it was nothing really special. 
Yeah. John referred to it as a wet fart. Uh, so it did not make any of our mixtapes, uh, which means we are back to the dice this week. Uh, let's recap what we got on there. We have uh, I'm Down, uh, Monkey on My Back from A Little South of Sanity. Uh, Nine Lives is the new selection that John put on there. Out of Your Head, Roadrunner, and Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu. But before we get into that, John, you, you got a little housekeeping to do, don't you, my friend? Uh, I wanted to do the housekeeping before you did all of that, but now I guess I got to do it now, huh? Yeah, you got to do it now. Not a much smoother transition. While I don't subscribe to Scott's OnlyFans anymore, you know what I do subscribe to? The Knapsack Network. It's uh, the, the, home, the home of the blathering with Ken Knapsack. It's also the home of uh, uh, the Knapsack Files and so much more that Ken does. It's all from his heart, his head, from both his heads. Who knows? But Ken, Ken works really hard creatively to get it out there. And you should go check him out. So go check out the, the, the Knapsack Network today. Also check out Ken on Mixcloud on, on the Mixcloud app on Pop Rock and Radio. Absolutely. Go check out those shows. Very much worth your time, as is uh, Ken's book, Why We Love Star Wars. Go pick that up wherever you get your books or get it from his website, kennapsock.com. Get yourself a signed copy. It's definitely worth it. And speaking of signed copies, one of my favorite authors is on this call with me. His name is Scott Haskin. Uh, this entire summer, I'm taking three weeks off, and my whole goal is to get through the entire Universal Court uh, in Ooh. one sitting. Very much looking forward to that. But uh, Scott is also a member of the Deep Dive Podcast Network. And maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. Well, thank you, Corey. I, I'm excited to hear what you think of that. Um, also, you know, that is a great name for a show, The Blathering. I like that. That's also uh, what I refer to my ex as. Uh, well, you know, you and you two do a wonderful show called Backtracks Theme Music here on the Deep Dive Network, which is all things film related in music. And uh, I love being on that show. I love listening to that show every week. If you haven't checked it out, check it out in every episode they've ever recorded since the beginning of the time of the show. I also do a show called Uriah Heap, the Magicians Podcast. Our buddies Nate and John do a show called the Deep Purple Podcast. The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered. We have Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. We have Riot Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul, Joe, and David do a little show called In the Lap of the Pods talking about Queen. We have, also have another Queen show that I'll get to in a minute. But Andy and Matt have a show called Hawk Binge talking about the band Hawkwind. Eric and Jonathan do a show called Maiden A to Z, all things Iron Maiden in alphabetical order. We have Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, which is the ultimate Aussie podcast. We have Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. Our good friends George and Hattie over at the Judas Priest cast. In fact, George popped up on uh, and the podcast will rock not too long ago. And we did the live stream, which is another great show that uh, our buddy here, Corey, does with Mark Kameyer, all about Van Halen. We also have Clay and Riot, North by South podcast, Greg and Jonathan over at So Far, So Pod, So What? And Kevin, our buddy Kevin Brown, has a couple of shows. One he does by himself, the Tom Petty Project. Another he does with his buddy Randy, Seaside Pod Review, which is our other Queen show. Then Quinn does a show called And Volume for All, which is all things heavy metal. Our buddy Sav, Nick, Steve, and Mark over at the Rock Roulette Podcast. And of course, Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu, the one season only podcast, a big yet small podcast all at the same time. And you know what? Not only do we have a lot of great shows in the Deep Dive Podcast Network, but we also have a couple of friends who do shows that we definitely want to support. Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast and Eric at Booked on Rock. That's right. Thank you very much for that, Scott. And uh, before we get into the dice tonight, I want to play a little game with you boys if you're up for it. 
Okay. Uh, an account I follow on Twitter, uh, Jeremy White. He's a radio DJ from Montreal. Uh, really cool guy. And um, he he posted, uh, it's 10 questions. Uh, 10 questions. It's the concert game, he calls it. Mm. So I'm going to ask you uh, questions about concerts. And I want to see what your answers are like. So question number one, what was your first concert? Scott, do you remember? I no, do wait, remember. Wait, wait, wait. Before you give that away. Oh, it, no, no, no. In all seriousness, Corey, that is usually a security question on... <laughs> um so, is concerts so, though we're not asking your mother's maiden name no 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 no. i'm telling you you can you can look at it the, the part of my day job is working in tech and i promise you one of the security question choices you can make so scott before you answer yes okay i want you to think long and hard have you answered the security question with your favorite band I sorry, I stopped listening after you said the word hard. Uh, no, I have never answered a security question. But but if I answer a security question like that, I never put the real answer. I put a, a completely made up answer, and I I notate it so I know what I lied about. So nice. are we good to play this, John, or should we just skip it? No, no, we 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 can play it. But I want to to I this is this is a little something for the listeners too. Because I see all the time that people on social media will answer these questions. And I write down all the answers and spend half my time trying to break into their accounts. That's why John lives on a big pile of your money. <laughs> well, I, well, let's, I, I let's play more I'm... of uh, Corey learns about our security questions. That's right. So uh, first concert, Scott. So my first concert was uh, girls school opening up for deep purple at Joe Louis arena in Detroit. Wow. On the Perfect cool. Strangers tour. Uh, John? I was stoned. I don't remember. <laughs> and that uh, is his security answer. That's right. So you should, maybe shouldn't have said that out of the air. Uh, my first concert was Poison Ooh. on the Flesh and Blood tour with Don Dawkins opening for him. Warrant started on that tour, and they kicked Warren off the tour and brought in Don Dawkins. Not the band Dawkins, just Don. And he spent his entire 45 minutes just bitching. About poison, about MTV, about everything, about George Lynch. Hated everything. It was, it was terrible. But I am poison, so poison shocked to good. hear that. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number two. Last concert. Ooh. Um, last concert for me, I believe it was before the pandemic. I, I It was a local band or no, they, there was a, a U.S. band on tour with Deep Purple at the House of Blues. I don't remember the name of the band, but... I do remember the singer's parents were in the audience, so he was uh, kind of hyper and um, bouncing around the stage, I'm guessing, a little more than he normally would. Okay. Uh, John, do you have an answer for your last concert? Um, I actually do. It was the Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour. Ooh. And I saw El Sir Elton John play for one of his last times at MetLife Stadium. Excellent. I saw I saw a show on that tour, and it's phenomenal. He, him and his band were so great. Yeah, great, great show. Uh, question three is: Well, wait, what was, what was yours? Oh, my last concert. I think yeah. it was Easy Top and Cheap Trick. Oh, nice. So a very good show uh, in its own right. Uh, question three: Worst concert, Scott. Um, that would easily be Santana. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, at, at the House of Blues, I actually walked out. Um, it, it wasn't a, a concert as much as it was a live jam. Mm -hmm. And the sound was, was the percussion was burying the guitar. Uh, there was just no point in being there. Gotcha. John? 
I need you, I need you to quantify this. Do you mean musically or experience? Uh, do you have different answers for both? I do. Very maybe, different answers. Maybe give us both then, because so, I think so, both work. So 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 musically, um, I saw Bon Jovi at Jones Beach about 20 years ago. And I mean to say his voice was shot would be kind. Um, you know, people are saying poor, poor poor John Bon Jovi should retire now. John should have hung it up a long time ago, respectfully. And and knowing he gave us some of his best years when he was younger in his career. Um it was it was rough. Um it was a very rough listen. Um even even the band I wasn't as impressed with it as I had hoped. I was really looking forward to hearing some of them play live. And it it was all right. Um, um as far as experience goes, now musically, one of the top shows top to bottom I've ever been to. But I was at Woodstock '99. Mm. And it's when people ask me about the worst concert I've been to, it's very hard to ignore the fact that they were charging what they charged were charging back in 1999 for stuff and that it was sweltering hot and that there was a literal shit all over the place and like horrendous crimes happening left and right and people ignoring them. Um, all of that happened. You can see the documentaries. Documentaries get some of it right, but not all of it. Um, and it was 100% on the people who threw the concert, um, why it was so terrible. I, I remember um, some of your stories from that time, and I, I understand exactly why you said that. And watch the documentaries. Uh, Netflix had a really, really good one. Uh, let's right. go now to uh, question four, loudest and, concert. And yours, Corey? Oh, shit. I, I keep forgetting myself. Worst concert? Uh, for me, it's uh, Evanescence. Uh, and Ooh. this was right before Amy Lee. Uh, my wife loved Evanescence, so I took her to Winnipeg. Uh, to go see them. This is right before she fired everybody in the band. So the no one was getting along to the point where the band wouldn't even seem backup uh, on any of their songs. It was just Amy Lee singing and they were just playing and it was absolutely horrible. Like they, they just sucked. That's such a disservice to the fans. You know, the fans are the ones that haven't done anything wrong. We, we pay our money, we show up, we're there to support. And uh, you know, you got to do your job. If you don't want to be there, that's fine. But if you're going to walk onto that stage, you, you better give it, what you're getting absolutely uh stone sour actually opened for them and i hadn't heard any stone sour up to that point and they're actually good so at least mm. i had that to, to kind of fall back on but nice uh number four loudest concert scott what was the loudest show you ever saw oh um well it, it's hard to tell because it really depends on where you're seated but I would probably say most likely it would have been Monsters of Rock in uh, in the late 80s. What did I say? Uh, 88, I think, or I think I said 88 I or 89. Yeah, uh, where it was uh, Kingdom Come, The Scorpions, Dokken, Metallica, and Van Halen. That mm -hmm. probably would have been the most likely candidate for the loudest. That makes a ton of sense. Uh, John, was Elton John the loudest concert you ever saw? No, he was not. It would probably be... In the old Giant Stadium, uh, Ozfest '97, specifically Pantera. Mm. And they got a hell of a speaker system there, I bet. Yeah, we were on the we were on the floor, and uh, when Pantera hit the stage, you ever see that scene in Jurassic Park where they have the stampede and they hide under the logs? 
there were just rows and columns of Pantera fans, you know, six foot two, just jacked as all hell, streaming down from the stands into the floor, running past us. And like my my head was like shoulder height on most of them, scared for my life. Loudest I've ever heard a crowd, loudest I've ever heard a band. Amazing show. Um, it was both Ozzy and Black Sabbath. Um, Typo Negative was there, Fear Factory. Mar- um, I don't know if we saw Marilyn Manson. It might have been after he canceled that tour. My memory's a little foggy. But it was, it was a hell of a lineup and a uh, great show. Awesome. Uh, my loudest, uh, I saw ACDC in a, in a stadium, open-air stadium, though, so it wasn't that loud, but they would have certainly been right up there had it been indoors. But to me, the loudest concert for me was Motley Crue. Uh, it was the final show of their Carnival of Sins tour. So that was their big kind of comeback tour. And for some reason, their very last show on that tour, they did in Regina, Saskatchewan. And we had our, our venue here, our hockey rink, is called the Brand Center, formerly the Agrodome. Uh, its calling card used to be Alice Cooper called it the cleanest place he had ever played. Um, it, it's a big tin fucking building. And the acoustics are horrible, but it was uh-huh. loud. And like my head hurt for days afterwards. Uh, and not not from the crowd. The crowd was dead as fuck. Uh, it was because they turned everything up to twenty, and just oh, yeah. blew the fucking doors off it. So for me, it's Motley Crue. Uh, there, never... there, there definitely comes a point where it's counterproductive. You yeah. know, there's there's if if your audience can't hear what you're playing, you've gone too far. It's not badass to be that loud. It just isn't. No, and to go back to that ACDC show, I saw the sound was perfect. Like mm-hmm. uh, your ears weren't ringing afterwards, but it was good and loud. Like you could feel it thumping you in the chest, mm-hmm. but uh, it didn't hurt. And you could understand everything. It was, it was mixed incredibly well. So that's good. Yeah, that helps. Uh, here's yeah. one. Uh, number five. Sorry, John, go ahead. No, I was going to say my second loudest show was probably uh, around the same time period. I saw uh, Nine Inch Nails at the Nassau Coliseum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, all I can remember from that night, other than them sounding amazing, was Trent Reznor went through a, at least 11 keyboards, so, like playing the keys so hard, smashing them so hard, physically breaking the keyboards, playing them. I believe and it. How was the sound at NASA? I heard that was kind of a shitty venue uh, for, it, for acoustics. It was, it was It was a very shitty venue. So they would jack up the sound as much as they could. Like, it, it's amazing because, you know, within a few, not a few miles, but a little, you know, maybe 30 miles or so of each other. We had Nassau Coliseum and... Madison Square Garden, one of the most incredible places to see a show and one of the absolute dog shit worst places to see a show. Uh, Number five, best concert. Scott, what would you say is the best concert you ever attended? You know, I haven't been to a lot of shows, but I have seen some good ones. I would say uh, Edgar Winter did uh, a short set opening the show and then Alice Cooper and Deep Purple did uh, semi-full shows. And that was probably the most amazing show I've ever seen. All right, John. Um, Corey, why don't you go first? Because I want to get the year right on my I'm, I'm trying okay. to look it up. Uh, best concert. Geez, I got a few uh, candidates. I saw Def Leppard at the Hard Rock, at the joint of the Hard Rock in Las Vegas. Uh, it was under Viva Hysteria residency where they played Hysteria front to back. So mm-hmm. they, they came out first as their own opening band called Dead Flatbird. And they did a bunch of Def Leppard deep cuts uh, wearing costumes and then they left for a 15 minute intermission and came back and played hysteria front to back and that was pretty incredible i got to meet the band that night 
uh, I was like fifth row on the floor, right on the catwalk. Uh, it was wow. pretty cool. Did you um, know it was them, the opening band? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. Okay, <laughs> yeah. You, there, there's no way. Their their drummer also had one arm. Uh, oh well, <laughs> well, yeah. I guess that would be a giveaway, yeah. wouldn't it? You know what? Uh, I would put uh, the Elton John show I saw on the uh, Farewell Yellow Brick mm. Road tour up there. Yeah. Um, God, there's so many. Uh, one that really stands out to me is I saw Queen. Uh, with Paul Rogers in Minneapolis. I drove 12 hours to Minneapolis, Minnesota, because I thought I'd never get a chance to see Queen again. And then mm-hmm. uh, Roger and uh, Ryan May hooked up with Paul Rogers. They did a show in Minneapolis, drove the 12 hours, saw the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota on the way, and went there. I got to meet Paul Rogers' neighbors uh, in a pub across the street before the show, but mm-hmm. everybody was singing, everybody was dancing, jumping, having the time of their lives. Afterwards, the concert let out. Everybody was still singing, even in the elevator on the way back up to our hotel room, which was right across the street. People were still singing and talking about the show. It's probably the most fun I ever had at a concert. So I'm going to put that one in that list as well. Well, let me ask you, Corey, and I know that this is an Aerosmith show, but I'm really curious because I love Paul Rogers' voice. I really do, especially the work he did on the first album with The Firm. But I've always, and I know Deep Purple, Richie Blackmore was really after him to, to be a part of Deep Purple. And I've never understood that vision because as much as I love his sound, he doesn't seem to have a very wide dynamic range. How did he fit in with Queen? You know what? Uh, They only did the songs that he could do well and he Uh, crushed them. Like he sounded great. Like they didn't do a lot of the slower ballady stuff that they can do with Adam Lambert. Now they did mm -hmm. more of the hard rockers. They even did, you know, they did all right now by free. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they did uh, can't get enough of your love uh wishing well like uh, you know a bunch of paul rogers tracks too which is really cool so you got queen doing paul rogers then you got paul rogers doing radio gaga and crazy little thing called love and hammer to fall and he did a lot of the straight ahead rockers so it was an absolutely fantastic show that makes sense but but see that's the thing is it's it's such a limiting choice because there's so much they can't do out of their own catalog that's why i always thought it was a strange uh a strange pick yeah, you, you can't do Killer Queen with Paul Rogers, but when he does Hammer to yeah. Fall, it's fucking amazing. I bet. Yeah, John, bet. do you have a you have your year figured out yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so it was October twenty sixth, nineteen ninety five. The venue was Madison Square Garden, and I'm going to read you off the all twenty songs that were played. Okay, and you'll know the band pretty quickly, probably from um, the second word I say. The Is the first song the movie? No, no, no it, but but the is the first word of the first song. So I have the wonton song, bring it on home, heartbreaker, what is and what should never be, ill quarter, uh, which was the name of the tour. Um, that's the way, hurdy gurdy solo, gallows pole, since I've been loving you, the song remains the same, going to California, babe, babe, babe I'm gonna leave you, whole lot of love. When the le- levee breaks, bre- break on through, which was a cover by this band. Doors, yeah. Right. Uh, four sticks in the evening, Black Dog, and they closed with Cashmere. And so you saw a Led Zeppelin tribute band? I you saw, saw Heart I, covering Led Zeppelin, yeah, with the I, I, face well, bottom. Well, it was my second time seeing Page and Plant. I had seen them, I think it was the year or two years prior when they toured, toured with their Unplugged tour. And they came back plugged in. And look, one edges the other out by a nose because seeing Jimmy Page play electric guitar in Madison Square Garden 
Robert Plant, look, maybe not at the height of his powers, but 1995 Robert Plant was nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, um, for sure. So, so um, that alone, I still get chills um, to this day. Wait a uh, minute. Did did I miss it or did you say Stairway? No, Stairway. No, down, I wouldn't no. have done that. No, 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 Stairway. Stairway denied. That's, wow. that's not a favorite of Robert Plant's. No. Wow. No, and I, I, I do believe, though, uh, Jason Bonham might have been on drums. Did he do Page and Plant shows? I think he did. I, I thought the first time he played with them was, uh, well, he auditioned at one point, but... Uh, yeah, uh, somebody, some, somebody's son was on drums. I'm going to try to find out who, who played on that tour. I can't believe you saw Jimmy Page do Cashmere. That would have been fucking cool. That would have been amazing, yeah. I, 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 uh, I, I, like, the only way I could describe this what was not only an out of body experience, but it was orgasmic, right? Mm. Like it was truly an orgasmic feeling when you talk about Pinnacle and seeing it in that venue, like the gar the garden, right? Not just because I'm a New Yorker, but the garden is one of those holy grail venues to go to see your show at. Yeah, and for sure. Page and plant play it. Um, it will never be better than that for me. Yeah, right. I'm I'm pretty jealous of that one, I gotta say. Uh, let, let's move on to seeing the most. Scott, what band do you think you've seen the most? Oh, Deep Purple. Yeah. How many times? Yeah. Uh, I think seven in oh, wow. three different states, maybe more. Nice. Uh, John, what's your give, most seen band? I'll give you my top three. Okay. Because it's pretty eclectic when, when you break it down. But so um, Nine Inch Nails is my number three. And um mighty mighty boss tones is number two <laughs> cool and 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 typo negative is number one how many times for typo negative oh it's 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 over a dozen wow <laughs> uh for me uh def leopard is my number two i've seen them three times remember nobody comes to saskatchewan so the That's fact true, that i've seen limited. def leopard three times is pretty unique uh number one weird al yankovic i think i've oh. seen him four or five times now so I've heard he puts on a really amazing show. It's and I'm not saying that sarcastically. No. I, I I've really heard that. The, this last time I got free tickets, he was doing his. Uh, he, he does a. Uh, uh, he calls it uh, what the hell? Is it? He, he was doing none of his uh, parodies. It was just all original songs, and he oh. mixes up the set list every single night. And he does a different cover every night. Uh, hmm. He did one go around. I saw him at the casino in Regina, and then the second time it was just a couple of years ago. Uh, Emo Phillips was his opening act. And I got to see him uh, do it again. And actually, he was missing his keyboard player who had COVID. So it was the first time they performed as a four-piece since like the 80s. Wow. And so they did a bunch of 80s tracks. It, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, Weird Al is my most seen. The the closest I come to Weird Al, any connection, is that I interviewed uh, Judy Tenuta. Oh, nice. Yep. And uh, I do have a really bizarre, very recent Def Leppard connection, though, um, they're very good friends with Richie Blackmore and his wife, Candace, who formed the band Blackmore's Night. And uh, Candace had posted it was her daughter's birthday, who I've interacted with on a couple of live uh, events. And so I just posted, you know, wish her a happy birthday. And uh, and uh, he put a little heart on the post. Joe Elliott did, oh. which uh, nice. was kind of rare. So I've gotten some love from Joe Elliott, which is really nice and random. Yep. I, I met those guys. They, they seem quite pleasant. I they even do. was so nervous. I called somebody by the wrong name. And totally embarrassed myself, but they didn't make me feel bad about it. So, my my Always. favorite uh, story about Def Leppard is when Ian Gillen gave them the tape of uh, their their album after Perfect Strangers, House of Blue Light. 
uh, he said they they were uh, Def Leppard was in the car and they were playing it and they listened to one song and threw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number seven on the list. There's only ten song or ten questions. So number seven is most unique. What is the most unique show you've ever been to, Scott? Um, I don't. Yeah, you know, I haven't been to that many shows, so I don't really know that I've been to anything unique. But I would say. Uh, seeing Alice Cooper live there, that is, is an experience that's more theater than, than I would say a concert. Mm-hmm. It, the weirdest thing about it is when you're watching him, you really believe that he's actually controlling everyone that's on the stage, that nobody makes a move without his approval. And I know that's not the case, but boy, you really feel like he is the puppet master. You know what? I think that probably would have been my answer too. I've seen Alice Cooper twice. Uh, this last time I saw him in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, I was in the second row. And uh, you wow. really appreciate, you know, how much stagecraft goes into a show. Plus, I got to see Nita Strauss literally a couple of feet away from me. And that was a, a thrill. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, she's she's awesome. Yeah, that'd probably be my vote. Uh, John, what's the most unique show you've ever been to? I mean, I, I mean the top two bands I've seen the most um, are unique in their own right. Like the Bo- the Boston's, everyone was, was dressed in plaid and, and the atmosphere of it was so what like what you would expect it to be but seeing typo negative at the peak of goth in new york city um you like one of the times i saw them was in an old church um the atmosphere that they created um one of my favorite routines was they had one of the world's shortest roadies which is only of significance because peter Steele was like six nine (laughs) and the, the the roadie would go out and do the mic check and it, like it, this was part of the theater, like you talk about Alice Cooper, but to have the Rudy really reach up above his head to set the mic, right, and do the mic, and then look up and do the mic check, and then Peter Steele comes out and hunches over down into the mic, right, to make him feel like he was like ten feet tall, right, is <laughs> like all part of the theater of it, right, like him, him. him calling us all a bunch of assholes and to fuck off and all, all of that like his bad moods his perpetual bad moods were part of the show um and, and help create that atmosphere mm-hmm. um you, you know you know i could go for the pageantry of like you know see seeing metallica play one in the rain at woodstock was phenomenal but i think that that was as much part of the atmosphere and you know, environment that allow that to happen, but intentionally how things were set up, I would have to go typo. That's a good uh, question. Eight, uh, who happy I got to see, I'm going to kick this one off. Uh, I'm really happy. I got to see Aerosmith, uh, the original five members, uh, not that long ago either, just like five years ago, playing the Minot state fair, uh, living color open forum, but I got to see Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, Brad Whitford, Tom Hamilton, and Joy Kramer in their glory uh, performing and and they sounded great. Uh, I'm very happy I got the opportunity to see them. And uh, you know, honorary mentioned Elton John on his farewell tour. I got to see Elton John too. That that was a real thrill. Uh, Scott, who are you happy you got to see? Ronnie James Dio. Nice, hands down. Um, it was uh, it was in Phoenix. It was a three band show. He was opening up, and then the Scorpions played. Uh, with the worst light show I've ever seen in my life. And then uh, Deep Purple played. It was. I think the first time I had seen them without John Lord. 
Um, but uh, an honorable mention would definitely be Edgar Winter. I mean, just to because there was rumors that he wasn't making every show, so I didn't know whether I was going to see him or not. And even though he spent most of the time lamenting the loss of his brother Johnny, he played an excellent show. And to see Frankenstein performed was a treat that I I'm so glad I got to see. Nice, John. Oh, it's it's a tough one. Like it, it would be easy for me to say page and plant and just run the table on that. Right. But 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 I I I feel like, you know, when I was a kid, I my first concert would have been and should have been by all accounts, Faith No More, Metallica, and Guns N' Roses. But my my mother and two two of my friends play the game. Friends' moms play the game. Like if this one says yes. Then you can go. So my mom said essentially yes. My buddy's mom said essentially yes. My third friend who didn't have the car or anything, his mom said no. So essentially they all said no, and I couldn't go. And, you know, I didn't get a chance to see Guns N' Roses till like 2016. And -hmm. I thought it was a chance I would never have to see. And I know they get shit on. I know Axel gets shit on a lot. Axel sounded wonderful. I've now seen it, seen them twice, and I think he was better the second time than the first time. And if it, it feels like now he's at a point where is he Axel of of the late eighties? No, but does he sound like Axel who is, yeah, you know, forty years into his career? Also, no, because he didn't tour as much as a lot of other people. So, um, and 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 seeing Slash twice. You know, being able to say I've seen Slash and Jimmy Page and Joe Perry and and all these guitar gods, um, like I I think I think that's awesome. All right, let, let let's go to a number nine. Wish yeah. I could have seen, and I I got a couple of big ones here. This is uh, easy. Yeah, uh, really easy for me. Number one is Van Halen. Obviously, I do a Van Halen mm-hmm. podcast. I never got to see him. Um, I remember back. Uh, you know, 2014, 2015, they were going to announce a Canadian leg uh, on their kind of live in Tokyo uh, uh, tour. Uh, and I even saw the ad, like a friend of mine in radio said, we're going to announce the show on Tuesday. It's going to be great. And it never happened. And I never got uh-huh. a chance to see him. Number two for me, and Kevin Brown, I'll appreciate this, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Um, they didn't come around here a ton. I was hoping on his 40th anniversary tour, he did like a run of like 20 some shows in the States. I was hoping it proved popular enough. He would do like a full north american run after but unfortunately right after the american like he passed away so uh, those are two that really stuck out for me uh, scott is there anybody you wish you could have seen yeah uh white snake oh yeah i had which version uh, like there's so many guys that cycled through that band but yeah well the the sad thing is i the i, I like the older when they were more of a rhythm and blues band that's you know up to like a slip of the tongue was getting a little bit too uh off the path for me and that was steve I I, right like, he was in that yeah band steve I, mm-hmm. but i would have just wanted to, i mean just to to be in a room where david coverdale is singing i wouldn't have cared what incarnation of the band but uh, before the pandemic, they were scheduled to play in Phoenix. So I was going to get a ticket and spend the weekend in Phoenix. And then the pandemic came and that got canceled. And then when they announced their farewell tour, they started in Europe. They were going to end with their very last show here in Las Vegas. And I was excited that I was going to be able to see the final performance, but they ended up canceling half of the European tour and everything after. So uh, they're done. And um, I'm really bummed I never got to see them. Yeah, and that sucks. John, is there anybody you wished you could have seen? Yeah, this is this is tough because 
One of them is a show I had tickets for, and I've now seen both artists. But I had tickets to go see Elton John and Billy Joel, and it was postponed. So I had a I, I ended up having a final the day the day of the concert and having to give my ticket away. Mm-hmm. So not seeing them play together is is a miss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then then um, I share your your Van Halen. Um, I also share Scott's White Snake, similar iterations. Um, Van Halen, my attitude was um, the last time they came around, I'll catch them the next time. And there was no next time. So it yeah. goes to show you seize the opportunity when you have it. Um, but I would say all time, at best, Van Halen's second. And I would have to go Queen's my number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen half of Queen, but I've not seen John Deacon or Freddie Mercury. So I, I share in that one as well, John. Yeah. That would have been pretty special. Uh, next, we have most surprising. Uh, who who surprised you? Uh, I had a couple. Actually, one my wife dragged me to was Roxette. And oh. like I, I knew a, a couple of their songs, but man, they put on a, a kicking little show. And it was part of this little 80s thing that an 80s DJ from Much Music at the beginning of the night, then Glass Tiger, who's a Canadian band, uh, came out and, and they were really good. And we actually, uh, they actually went and signed autographs after. So I got to take my wife out to the hallway and we went and we got autographs. But we had front row uh, on the floor uh, uh, for, for rock set. That was surprising in a good way. Surprising in a bad way was Meatloaf. Uh, cause he was, that was his last ever full concert in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. And he struggled just to like stand and talk and, and do anything. I think he played like a, a 60 minute set. It was, it was, it was really, really bad. His band was killer, but uh, meatloaf just didn't have it at that point. Uh, Scott, who was your most surprising act? Well, interesting on that rock set note, um, having gone a couple years to Lost 80s Live, where there's like l- these little mini tours of 80s bands that go around the country and then in uh, at the end of the summer, they come play here in Vegas, but it's like the big show. So pretty much everybody's there. Uh, it was it was really a weird show because you've got bands that are, you know, a, a full five or six piece band. And then you've got somebody who's just a singer and a keyboard player and the keyboard players, sing, you know, triggering all the music and you're hearing drums, but you're not seeing a drummer and it, just a really weird set of bands. Um, most surprising though would be Queensryche opening up for Metallica. I didn't know Queensryche. And so to me, they were just, okay, as an opening band, I got to sit through, let's get to Metallica. But I thought they played a fantastic show. Um, they were supporting Operation Mindcrime, which I wasn't aware of that album yet. And I thought they blew Metallica off the stage and Metallica would have been doing the And Justice For All tour at that point. Uh, so it was kind of a weird time for them. Uh, first bi- first major album after Cliff passed. But uh, yeah, Queensryche was amazing. John? Yeah, Surprising Bad was, I think, I don't know if it was like 2000, 2007, but I saw, I saw a, a Def Leppard at Jones Beach. And while, while it wasn't awful or the worst concert ever, um, I wasn't Im- impressed with... Um, the placement of the songs in their set list, um, specifically um, Pour Some Sh- Sugar On Me, was played during a string of hits, just kind of thrown in the middle without, w- with very little fanfare. Um, and, and, and like ev- everything just kind of was like, felt like they were going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the, sa- the sound mix was off too. It just, it, it wasn't very impressive. Um and it's weird because I feel like your bad 
is my good. Because I saw Meatloaf in 1994 at the Garden. Very different show. Very different show. (laughs) Very different energy. I saw him in the Bat Out of Hell 2 Back into Hell tour. And my Lord um, surprised the hell out of me good in that um, I didn't didn't know that that type of performance existed. That would have been Um, awesome. Like to yeah. see him on that tour have been fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it was it was everything that you could expect it to be. It was somebody just at the clearly at the height of their powers. Yeah. And I, I kind of forgot. I saw Metallica once. I would put that in my best concerts. I loved Metallica <laughs> on that show. Uh finally, who are you seeing next? And uh, for me, uh my next one actually is Nickelback. Uh, I'm taking my daughter in June, just a few weeks to go see Nickelback. After that, we're going to see Kiss. Uh, on their like last run of shows, it's going to be like their 12th final or uh, 12th to last show. Kiss is doing in Saskatoon, going to that one. And then after that, uh-huh. next August, uh, go to see uh, Metallica both nights on the No Repeat weekend tour. So night one will be Pantera, uh, Mammoth, Van Halen, uh, Mammoth, which is uh, Wolfgang Van Halen, and Metallica. And the second night, we have uh, Ice Nine Kills and Five Finger Death Punch or some garbage. But Metallica playing No Repeats on the second night. Looking forward to that. Scott, do you know what your next show is? Uh, I actually don't. Um, a lot of the bands that I want to see are, are in Europe and they're not coming over to the States at all right now. You know, you're right. He put out a new album in January. They haven't uh, done but a couple of festivals to support it. So uh, it's kind of a really weird time, but uh, I, I don't have anything scheduled or planned at this point. Donnie, you know what you're, uh, I, I know one of the shows you're seeing next, you haven't announced it yet, but. Uh... So, 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 so the very next show I'm seeing is I'm taking my girls to two nights at MetLife Stadium to see Metallica in August. And then nice. my girls don't know this, but their Christmas present will be that in January, we'll be seeing Aerosmith at the Garden. Yeah, but very nice. That's going to be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, see, they're not, they're not coming here either. And I thought they might have because... Uh, they had to cancel the residency. I thought maybe they would do a show to make up for that, but uh, yeah. we're not on the list. And nowhere close to me either. So John is going to have to report back with his uh, his impressions of Aerosmith on the Peace Out Farewell Tour. Can't wait for that. Nice. Man, we talked a long time about a lot of things not uh, involving Aerosmith. What do you say? Do you guys still want to do a song tonight? I'm, I'm just, what if we don't do a live song? I kind of feel like we have to have a live cut now since we've been talking about live shows. Well, we only got one on the dice, so uh, here's hoping for Monkey on My Back. What do you say? Let's toss this fucker and see what we get. And it is Monkey on My Back from A Little South of Sanity. There you go. Scott willed it into existence. Another John Mariano track. Or is it? No. Did uh, Scott put this on? Scott I put, put this on. one on. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, finally, I get a pick with without uh, six months going in between the dice, choosing something that I put on there. Um, this was, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting title. I, I don't want to assume that it ties into their drug history. So um, I thought, well, you know, I pretty much am mostly going to be picking songs I don't know, because a lot of the ones that I know we've already done are their hits, and I don't want to put all the hits on the dice right off the bat. So, um, yeah, I just kind of picked this one by the title. All right, John, any recollections of Monkey on My Back from Pump? Oh, it's part of this A Little South of Sanity um, set list. And while I love this song, I don't 
really recall it being played live. And that's what I'll say about having listened to this probably three or four times. Mm. All right. Without further ado, let's play a little monkey on my back from a little south of sanity. That is a lot of slide guitar. <laughs> I kind of feel yes, like sir. we were just slipping and sliding all over the fretboard. But uh, boy, Steven sounded off from the guitars uh, quite a bit. And he's usually really good at hitting pitch with guitars. That that's that was a rough opening. That's You're really going to like Scott. the record. Yeah, you'll love the recorded version of that. Mm -hmm. uh, not so much on this version. Go ahead, John. Yeah. You know, no, no, Corey just nailed it. Like, there's a reason why I'm very happy we're starting to burn a little south of sanity. And it's, I, I think I mentioned it last week um, with Stephen being at least a step or two behind the rest of the band. And it's really apparent here. Scott just called it out. Um, and it, look, I, I don't know why, I don't know what's going on, but we're, we're, we're walking through this intro um, slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song was actually taken from the same performance as Hole in My Soul, uh, October 5th, 1997 in West Palm Beach, Florida. So, uh, and, and this would have been the song right after uh, Hole in My Soul, <laughs> is Monkey on My Back. So. Right, yeah. Well, there's a lot of songs on this album. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. All right, well, that's classic Steven Tyler. Like e even in a lackluster performance, he still hits that howl. And and oh that's oh that was that was good stuff right there. No, no, that was that, that was the right moment. Um so far, so far that's the best moment in the, at least the past two episodes. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I I uh I really like that transition though. That was nice when everybody started kicking in. I really like that drum beat. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, you know, I keep forgetting sometimes that they have a piano in the band. Um, I'm assuming that's Stephen playing. No, no, that would have oh, been. Not. Uh, yeah, they they had a a backup performer uh, performing uh, keyboards on this tour. So he doesn't play on every song, though, right? Because no. we don't really talk about keyboards a whole lot in this band. No, no. Uh, sometimes he's putting a little accent. Stephen really only does piano on like Dream On. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, normally. Uh, it's a background performer uh, performing here. And on this tour, uh, I want to say it's uh, his first name is Ross. I, I don't remember his name offhand, but I, I think it's him. Uh, Russ Ehrman, actually, uh, mm -hmm. doing keyboards. Okay. Yeah, that I, I'm hoping that piano chord isn't just going to play through the whole song, though, because that's going to get under my skin pretty quick. I, I like things like that in little spots, but you have to be uh, you have to be careful how much you use that. 
Well, let's find out, shall we? All right. So one thing about this live version is Stephen totally fucks up the words. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what the hell he was saying in there. Uh, the actual verse is the fortune teller looked into my eyeballs, the wrinkles on her face about to crack. She said, you best believe it. You ain't going nowhere unless you get that monkey off your back. Which I, is a, I love that verse, but he was, I don't know what the fuck he was saying. I, I, I don't give a shit. I think you're getting hung up on the wrong things. Hmm. I, I, I think that um, his energy here is the most life we, we we we've seen in a while um and I, I at least give him credit for that because i am digging what the band is doing and what he's doing here regardless of what the lyrics are supposed to be if i want to listen to the lyrics i can listen i can listen to the studio version all right i'm gonna disagree with you because i don't think he's doing anything special on this vocal performance at all it sounds like he's phoning it in to the point where he doesn't even get the words right scott he is singing syllables Sometimes, yeah. I'll 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 give him that. Um, I'm actually I I I could kind of take him or leave him on this so far. I really dig in the music though. Oh, me too. Uh, it's I love a great group. Yeah, slide guitar riffs are cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. listen to the band. Forget Stephen. Yeah. Right, that verse was better. I, I thought Stephen had a little more oomph in that one. Yeah, I feel like he his coffee kicked in or something, and he's uh, he's like, "Oh, I, I'm in this song." Yeah, I, I he he woke up. I think you guys are in a bad mood, and I think you're you're too too much of a lyrical snobs right now. To, to be like, I I really feel like he was already here, and you guys just caught up. I don't I don't mind the the lyrics and I don't mind singers missing lyrics live as as much as just I just wasn't feeling his uh any any passion or energy coming from the beginning like Corey said this last verse I thought was much better um I I felt a little more of a connection with him in the song I was I was less interested in the new Transformers trailer that's playing on the on the screen than I was in the first verse Here I'll X out of that for you that better <laughs> There you go Just a 
That was a pretty decent uh, spot. There was a couple of really nice changes in there that were really surprising. I like those. Um, but but that what I was talking about, my my worry with the piano is kind of already happening. Like it's if you just played in that one spot during the chorus or you know pre-chorus or whatever, that's fine. But they they kind of just kept it going a little bit too long. Um, we couldn't hear part of the solo because of Steven's noises, but uh, I would have liked to have heard more of that. And and it's and the guitars are a little bit quiet in the mix too for a song that features this kind of slide. It can get a little bit blurry. So um, you know, uh, being up a little bit more in the mix so you can hear what they're doing would be nice. I agree with you, Scott. Yeah, and the piano was too loud because like for what it's doing, yeah, it ding, 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 like it's it's very one note uh, through the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, give me more of that. Give me more of that slide guitar. That's better shit. What did you yeah. think, John? I, I I don't think this is one of the bad tracks off of this album. No, uh, I'm leaning in that direction too. I'm I'm so happy that Demon is screaming is back. Like he's hitting those screams like Stephen mm -hmm. Tyler of old. Yeah. that's monkey on my back from a little south of sanity gentlemen we may have a conversation here side b live tracks currently on the mixtape bar sweet emotion uh from this album mother popcorn from live bootleg what it takes from a little south of sanity lord of the thighs from live bootleg toys in the attic from classics live two uh, from classics lives one we have kings and queens and train kept a rolling and then from live bootleg dream on and sight for sore eyes so the question becomes does this version of monkey on my back belong on the live track side of the mixtape. John, let's start with you. I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say no mainly because of, you know, the piano and the opening. Um, I, 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 I really feel like it almost makes it for me, and those are the two things that hold it back from making it for me. Is like I still can't get past the opening of it, and I, I think Scott nails it with with the repetitiveness of the piano coming in too often and just overbearing. All right. So that's one note from John. I'm going to give it a yes. I think Monkey on My Back is a better track than Mother Popcorn. Uh, at the risk of getting uh, put in the sharpshooter by Heath McCoy. Um, I, I enjoyed listening to this a little bit more than I did Mother Popcorn. So I'm going to give it a yes. And that's going to be the song I would suggest we take off. Scott, you become the tiebreaker now. Uh, did you like enough about Monkey on My Back to put it on the mixtape, or uh, is it going bye-bye? Well, that's that's a tough argument you're making, Corey. Um, John pretty much said what I was going to say, the the and, and what you said about the volume of the piano, uh, in addition to the repetition of it and that just awful opening. However, I think 
However, let me, okay, let me, let's go through the positives, right? Lyrically, yeah. this is a mm -hmm. very good song. Yeah. Uh, Steven, aside from that first verse, uh, is performing very well, right? And his screams are on point. Musically, this is very good. I love the drums on this. I thought, uh, no, I get John. I, I thought Tom was playing bass very well. And the guitars are fantastic. To me, that puts it ahead of Mother Popcorn, which is a very kind of muddy, kind of cruddy sounding recording of an old James Brown song. Uh, it's cool. It's obviously a song that influenced the band, but I think this is more representative, uh, representative of what the band is. And, uh, you know, and again, it, your crystal balls are dragging. That's a great line. Uh, to me, there's more positives that way than negatives. Now, John is going to tell you something uh, that will sway you the other way. I, I, I have two counterpoints, and Corey, you can't interrupt me because I didn't interrupt you. Okay. So, so, so Wait, my, first, no. my, my, my first point is Corey absolutely slammed not only the parts that I pointed out, but the 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 opening verse, um, you know, missing the lyrics, Corey just absolutely came in hot on. And secondly, the second Heath McCoy puts Corey in the sharpshooter, I'm yelling, "Ring the damn bell!" <laughs> well, I I have to say, uh. They're very close for me. Um, I marked them both light green. So um, I'm actually going to say I think that's a convincing argument. And uh, I'm I'm willing to replace Mother Popcorn with Monkey on My Back. Oh, there you have it. Out of one two, thing one. I didn't talk about uh, in the process of this song, by the way, was I love the drum sound on this one. That, that kick was nice and punchy. Snare was really cutting through without being too poppy. But I think... Overall, for me on this album, I think it's going to come down to how Steven sings "Crying," because that's, that's when you're getting one. into like song eight, which is a couple songs after this one. He's—I feel like he's starting to find his groove a little bit from the songs that I've heard so far. But I think that's going to be the one that's going to kind of be telltale for whether I'm going to like the majority of this album or not. Interesting, you say that because yeah, "Crying" is an interesting one on this album. I'm not tipping my hand. Mm -hmm. uh which way i would vote on that one but uh ironically scott it's your choice uh that was your your pick uh monkey on my back so you get to pick yes. a song to replace it on the die what are you thinking i do uh, let's see we just picked a song from nine lives last week didn't we yes john put uh, nine lives actually on there that's what i thought okay so i'm gonna go with uh home tonight from rocks all right going back to rocks and home tonight that's going to be a lot of fun. John, what do you think of that pick? Hey, I think uh, Scott's making sure we get some good songs on this uh, on, on this mixtape. <laughs> I am trying. Now, I, I should say we we took uh, Mother Popcorn off the live tracks. It has one last opportunity, though. Do any of us want to put it on their nasty cuts? Uh, Scott, uh, you have the movie Nobody's Fault and Hangman Jury. Do you think uh, Mother Popcorn deserves a spot on there? Um. No, I don't think so. Okay, John Scott has the movie Nobody's Fault in Hangman Jury. Do you think Mother Popcorn deserves a spot on there? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I would take the movie off and put Mother Popcorn back on. Okay, that's one vote for the movie being replaced by Mother Popcorn, Scott. Are these bylaws written in letters that were cut out of <laughs> magazines of different <laughs> sizes? You know, that's a Look, good question. I've actually never seen them. Scott, Possibly this wasn't edible. my fault. I was given three options. I picked one. <laughs> All right, John, your nasty cuts are walk on water, cheesecake, no, and bright light. The answer is a hard no. Okay. 
and uh, I'm not putting it on mine either. So Mother Popcorn has gone away. Sorry, Keith McCoy. we got to get him back on the show. Uh, he, he can put another song on the mixtape. But uh, uh, Scott Haskin. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just want to point out this is Corey's fault. Always, okay. always is. All right, okay. let's wrap it up. We've gone way too long here. Uh, John, uh, say something insulting, and we'll call it a night. Oh, sure. Um, 45. I feel attacked. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even I mean, know why I just do. I, I'm I'm just the only one playing the game that we, we're going to forget again if I don't play it. <laughs> Damn it, you're right. <laughs> All right. John says 45 times. Scott, how many times did Aerosmith perform Monkey on My Back? Um, I feel like they probably did this one a lot. I'm going to go with 89. 89. Well, you're you're just a little bit off. 338 times. Wow. Aerosmith has before Monkey on My Back. Uh, the last time appears to be in 2016. Interesting. I just want to point out I was more right than Scott because I remembered we had to play the game. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll give fair. you that. Even though you were farther away from the actual number. I mean, we're both pretty far away. It's semantics, but I actually remember we have to play the game. Thank you, John. I'm sorry. I'm just very tired. We, 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 went, we went way long on this one. Uh, this this is episode 69, uh, and, and I'm just beat. Uh, that was John, a fun game, though. I, I, I enjoyed that uh, that round of our live histories being uh, just displayed for the world to see. Yeah, I, I kind of liked it, too. I like talking about my, my concert history. So, uh, John, anything you want to plug or promote here before we wrap it up? I would like to plug um, your mouth up with uh, soap. That was uncalled for. Scott? Uh, yeah, uh, everything's on my website. My books, my music, uh, all my podcasts, and my growing list of guest appearances, uh, all on my website at scotthaskin.com. Buy a book. Buy, buy a buy book. book. Go to a SoundCloud. Buy, buy a fucking track. Come on. Help a brother out. That, that's yeah. all we're asking. Thank you, Corey. You're welcome. Uh, on behalf of Scott Haskin and John Mariano, my name is Corey Morissette. Thank you very much for putting up with our bullshit. And as always, let's give the final word to John Mariano. Peace, I'm out of here.